are listening to The Breakfast Show on Faith FM, 87.6, 87.8, or 88 right across Australia, right across the Faith FM network, wherever you are, positively different radio. In the morning, you're with the Double L team, Lyland. Lawson. Lawson. What are you thankful for this morning? I bought a skateboard last night. You paid money. Money. For a skateboard. Guess what I'm going to do with that skateboard? Uh, Ride it. Yep. (laughs) Oh, I got right. I guessed right. (laughs) Can't believe I guessed right this morning. (laughs) Yes. Good job. Yeah, but that's that's pretty much. uh, Oh, yesterday. Um, so a few of my friends moving out of their house, so we were helping them out, and then, um, and then we're like, oh, let's go get dinner and go shopping. You know, late night. It's Thursday night. And I was like, so you bought a new skateboard? I bought a new skateboard. Yeah, I've only ever bought like secondhand ones, and I've, it's so funny. I got a lot of my friends into skateboarding like last year, and then my skateboard broke, and they've been going without me. And I'm like, well, gotta get just back sad. into it. Yeah, you've just been sad since last year. Yeah, but now, but then I was like, you know, you know, it's, it's, t- it's time. It's time. So yeah. watch out, watch out, Tony Hawk. Cause... All right. So what kind of skateboard have you got, and what's it good at doing? I, I got a trickboard. Usually, I've been for the last year or so i've been riding like cruisers where it's just like kind of go from point a to point b and they've got big soft wheels so you can go really fast but my friends we started out on cruises and then they're like oh let's try and do tricks and so i was like okay and yeah so i've already kind of had a trick board before i can do like ollies and pop shovets and different things but i'm like look it's it's well now that it's an olympic sport this is true this is true it's time it's time i don't care about the olympics (laughs) no Okay, oh, no, this is, we don't have much time, but this is a conversation that we need to have because the Olympics are amazing. No, skateboarding is amazing. The Olympics are amazing. The Olympics is like the best thing ever. It's like the highlight of my every four years, pretty much. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM, positively different. Fantastic stuff. What is happening in the world of positively different news? Oh, and positively different news, as always. Well, not as always, but I really enjoy talking about developments in, like, medical science. It's, like, one of my favourite things to talk about. And I saw this morning um, that chemists, basically, from Russia, have found a break... Have Well, they've found a breakthrough treatment for Alzheimer's and Parkinson's that protects brain cells from amyloid plaque. Now, this is important because... Like, Alzheimer's and Parkinson's disease and whatnot is, is a massive disease. Oh, terrible, terrible disease. And, it, and it's a terrible thing to go through. And and up until this point, it's been something that has been deemed unavoidable pretty much by anyone who contracts it. It's like the only thing that they have to deal with. Um, the only solutions that they have for it is to deal with the symptoms rather than the disease itself. Yeah. And so you do, you know, brain exercises, all that kind of stuff, yeah. physical exercise, get the circulation going, and you can reduce its effects, but, you know, there's no cure for it. There is no cure for it up until um, now it's scientists from all over the world, but including uh, Ural Uni- uh, Federal University in Russia, have just been absolutely, you know, focused on this idea of how do we actually stop the brain itself from degenerating? And uh, they have come up with some solutions. I'm just going to read one of their quotes here because it has lots of words that um, I feel like would be best understood if they said it. It just says here, our compounds activate the synthesis of specific heat shock proteins um, and cause their accumulation in the cell. Proteins of this type make it possible to protect neoneural tissues. 
from an excess of toxic amyloids and protects cells from various types of stress, including um, proteotoxic stress characteristics uh, and stress um, and characteristics of neurodegenerative diseases. In other words, they've come up with some kind of a solution. Yes. They kind of lost me at toxic amyloids, but... it's it's essentially like the the kind of uh, invasive cells that grow and degenerate yes the brain they've come up with compounds that protect the brain from those cells right that's essentially what they're saying yes. uh, which okay. is fantastic because this is like again a new breakthrough this is the first time that people are actually trying to uh, will come up with a solution to deal with the problem of alzheimer's up until this point, as I mentioned before, all, you know, all they've kind of had uh, is, you know, sol- uh, solutions to deal with the symptoms. But this is an actual solution for the problem. And this uh, research team made up of people from um, a different, a bunch of different um, departments in the Ural Federal University in Russia. They're continuing on with their studies and whatnot and trying to ultimately get this to the point where they can put it into some kind of, you know, form hill something that would then make it ready for production but right now they're just in a real you know prototype trial development um kind of phase so we'll see how this develops fascinating let's uh, hope and pray that they come up with some really good results and uh they're actually able to develop this into something wouldn't it be amazing if we could actually cure alzheimer's alzheimer's 100 percent. like i think we all probably know people or have friends who you know where their loved ones have been affected by it and it's just such a oh, such a terrible thing it's to awful. see and it's, it's a awful. terrible thing to go through as well yeah. you know uh so ultimately if we can deal with this disease that would be the most epic thing ever that actually reminds me though as we were mentioning um you know uh the the things that you do to avoid alzheimer's like you know doing brain exercises and not stressing too much and whatnot apparently i've been given some information by producer shell that july 24th is stress down day um and it is a day uh where you encourage people to take some time um and just trying to get rid of stress their life. so this is tomorrow which is really interesting because, because that's sabbath that's tomorrow this sabbath. is the day that god said stress down i know take a day off i was like this isn't do even it, do it guilt free you know what's so far i feel like this this was just made by companies to be like, <laughs> this is such a negative thing to say but it was made by companies to be like oh let's put the stress down day on the weekend so that they can be more productive when they come back to work. They didn't do it on a work day. <laughs> so like, but but it's the perfect solution, It is the right? perfect day. It is the perfect solution for it. And I would say the best way to have a stress-down day tomorrow is just get up in the morning, wander off to church, mm-hmm. have a great time worshipping God, sing some songs, have some Bible study, listen to a sermon, do whatever, come back home or hang out with some friends, COVID safe, of course, mm-hmm. and just have a wonderful time together. That would be my recommendation for, I couldn't think of a better stress and just, and just forget about 100%. the past week or the coming week. Don't even think of them. It's oh, so good. I Now you're getting me excited. I'm, I'm looking forward to, to church tomorrow. Um, oh, I'm looking forward to tonight as well. You know, we have our care groups and whatnot. All right, I have a quick story to mention that I read and I thought was hilarious. Also, the other thing that's great to talk about is animals because animals are always funny yes. for some reason. Well, sometimes animals are bad, but for the most part, they're pretty <laughs> funny. Um, this, did you know that geese mate for life? 
I probably did know that, and I probably forgot it at some point. Yeah, well, it's just so strange to me. Like, I'm like, that's 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 amazing. Like they and they like follow each other out. Like once they mate for life, they're like husband and wife. Yes, and they don't they leave each other's sides. They just live together, and that's it. And basically, uh, these <laughs> I read this story about these two geese that were in uh, a pond in Cape Wildlife Center in Barnstable, Massachusetts, and one of the geese, the the male geese, um, had suffered a couple of open fractures on its foot and they found this geese like hobbling around. And they're like, okay, we need a we need to help this thing. So I think it's a goose. Oh, this goose. Yes. Yeah. They found they find this goose and they're like, we need to take this guy and help him. So they, you know, put him in the car, drive you know, drive him to the other side of the the, the wildlife park, um, get him into the clinic and they they're, you know, in the surgery room, which, you know, isn't quite like hospital surgery rooms where it's, you know, curtains and stuff. This is just some room out the back with some windows and whatnot. And um they put him in there. And they're starting to do this surgery, and then they, for some reason, you hear this, like, faint tapping outside, just walking around, and they, they look out and see that this goose, his wife, has showed up, has, like, walked all the way across the animal park, and has showed up to, to, to find where her mate is. quietly knocking on the door, like, just, can I please be can I Can I please come in? And so this goose just stood at the window the whole surgery, just stood there, just watched. They couldn't get, him, get her away. It's, it's just the most hilarious thing. I'm like, animals are so cool. You're listening to the Breakfast Show podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. Anyway, uh, let's talk about some more serious news this morning. YouTube has uh, has just um, deleted an interview. Okay, which is something you know. One of these things you know, uh, we have social media these days that has become very involved in censorship, mm. which is a controversial subject. And this is this is one of these interviews that well, it's an interview that is all about Washington D.C.'s super controversial uh, child secret vaccination law. So basically, what this law does is that it weaponizes uh, teachers, school teachers, to be able to bully children into being vaccinated against their parents' will, and then it teaches school teachers to teach children to lie to their parents, and it creates two separate medical records that doctors have available to them, one that is available to the parents and the other that is not available to the parents. And so this is a really dangerous piece of legislation because basically it creates an environment that is custom made for grooming children for all kinds of abuse. If you teach a child that it is okay to lie to their parents, that it is okay for you as a teacher to have you know certain things between you and the child that are your little secret... You know, this is classic grooming right here uh, for abuse. Okay, I want to know why they why they deleted the interview. Because okay, so the interview was between. I'll just uh, give you the details here. The interview was between Tony Perkins. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's from the Family Research Council and Mary Holland from the Children's Health Defence. Mm-hmm. Now, the Children's Health Defence is anti-vax. Yeah. Okay. However, in the interview, she didn't talk about any medical procedures. She didn't talk about the vaccination issue. Mm. She just talked about, you know, the moral issues of, uh, you know, parental rights, uh, consent, notification, and so forth. And so YouTube deleted it for medical misinformation, but there wasn't any medical information in the interview. Yeah, wow. Okay. Uh, so this this seems of, you know, very, very one-sided. 
Um, and, uh, YouTube, of course, they are a private company, and as a private company, they get to make their own decisions, and I get that, and I respect that, even though I don't like that because they are they operate as a you know a public news source, mm. but they do not allow any medical information that contradicts the World Health Organization. So that's basically their standard. Where if it agrees with the World Health Organization, yes, we'll allow it. If it doesn't, then we won't allow it. I think you'll find lots of uh, contradictory stuff on YouTube in relationship to that if you go searching for it. But what's come out of the woodwork is that Seattle, New York and Philadelphia have all been practicing secret vaccinations but without legislation to allow them to do so. Mm. So since this court case has begun and suddenly a whole bunch of people have just never heard of this piece of legislation because it came through before COVID and nobody, you know, it was never made public, you know, it never became part of the public debate. Nobody was really, you know, it was just one of those things that's just sort of, ah, oh, yeah, slipped through, got voted on one day, never really made it into the media. Uh, but now, of course, it's front and centre in the media. Um, <clears throat> so, but, yeah, this now we find that these guys are coming out of the woodwork and we're finding that, we're kind of starting to wonder how widespread this actually is. Mm. And you can see some interesting court cases uh, coming out of, uh, you know, the information that is is uh, is being made available as a result of this. Yeah, wow. Anyway, some fascinating information on newborns. Oh, okay. Babies. Okay. And then I'm going to see if I can top, I can, I can, uh, top your uh, goose, geese story. <laughs> okay. How long does it take? So, so if you take a, a, a human, uh, an egg that a, that, a, that a woman produces, mm-hmm. right, and then that egg is fertilised, now that egg can last in its environment for 24 hours. Mm-hmm. When that egg is fertilised, then it becomes obviously a human being that can last for 100 years. Mm-hmm. How long does it go from being able to last for 24 hours to being able to last for a hundred years or How long does that take? Yes. For that transfer to take place. Um, Any idea? Uh, 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 he doesn't A decent know. amount of time, I, I assume? <clears throat> 250 milliseconds. Okay. A millisecond is a millionth of a second. Yeah. Wait. So, if a child... So, in less time than it takes for you to, like... Infinitely less time than it takes for you to click your fingers. When that egg is fertilized, it goes from being able to survive for 24 hours to being able to survive for 100 years. Wow. That's pretty fast. Yeah. And what that reveals is obviously that that, you have a person that has been created right there, Mm. bang, in 250 milliseconds. Within three minutes, uh, you've got this egg, right, and it attracts sperm. Mm-hmm. You know, sperm just swim towards it. They just they all want to be there. They all want to be the one who uh, fertilizes that egg. They have that big uh, that big race to fertilize it. Uh, once it's fertilized, it takes three minutes. Within three minutes, it becomes basically a death star, and it's like all of the sperm just like run, run for your lives, stay as far away from this as possible. Um, and that is actually the first act that the person makes as a part of their immune system to protect themselves. Yeah. So within 250 milliseconds, they go from being able to live for 24 hours to being able to live for 100 years. Uh And within three minutes, they are actively, their immune system is actively uh, repelling things that could damage it. Yeah, wow. 
That's so this is, a, this is fascinating stuff because it's a very, mm. very separate being because some people argue that, you know, that uh, zygote or whatever it might, it might be is just like an arm. And if you choose to cut off your arm, then you can ch- cut off your arm. No, mm. it's not like an arm. It's an individual person, instantaneously yeah, individual wow. person. And uh, this is the thing. The egg is constructed by the mother. Mm-hmm. Uh, but once it's fertilized, the mother does not construct the egg. Mm. All of the information that constructs the egg is within the egg. Yeah, yeah. And it constructs itself. It uh, draws from the mother. It draws nutrients from the mother. But the mother does not build the baby. The baby builds itself from the information that is within it that comes from the two cells, uh, the sperm cell that comes from the man and the um, egg cell that comes from the woman. Mm. And it constructs itself. So all of all of its all of its development is driven <laughs> from within. I was just reading this science this morning, and it was no, just blowing me away. And I thought, you know what? I'm just going to share it on no, radio. That's amazing, it's super cool. Well, that, it, like ultimately, you know, we kind of share this stuff because, like, the science is amazing, and it kind of enforces our opinion that life is special and Absolutely. sacred and starts yes. in the womb. That's right, and it's not your life. Mm. It's that it's it's that person's life. It, yeah, that, the person is a person from the moment of conception, from yeah. 250 milliseconds. Yeah, wow. Yeah, fantastic stuff. Okay, so your goose story. Okay, let me see if I can let me see if I can do better. Down in Sydney, uh, some years ago, there was somebody who was watching a sulphur-crested cocky landed on a wheelie bin, opened the lid with its beak and its foot, flipped it back, hopped down inside, and raided the bin. So a new uh-huh. form of bin chicken. Videoed it because he thought, wow, I've never seen that before. Sent it to an animal behavioural expert. They decided to study it. They came out and they found that there were a few cockies in that suburb that were doing the same thing. And so they're wondering, is this just random behaviour or are they learning this? And so what they discovered then was that they decided to to, to research it. They had people right across Sydney that were doing research on this and recording what they saw. And what they found was, this was back in 2019, that it spread from this small clump in this suburb and has now spread across 44 suburbs mm-hmm. and is continuing to spread and will probably spread right across Australia at some stage. So what they have discovered is that these cockies, they, they, they posit that they initially learned how to open the lid by watching humans mm. and now they learn how to do it by watching each other and uh, it's, it's the big males that do it. And what will happen is the big males will come down, open the lid, and everybody, all the other cockies will sit around and watch and learn and figure out how to do it. And different cockies develop different techniques, and those different techniques for opening the bin become become, um, dominant in certain suburbs. Yeah, wow. Yeah, pretty amazing stuff. That's so funny. And then what they've found is that a lot of cockies have started doing it not to raid the bin, but just for fun. Oh, they're like, oh, this is a sport now. This is their latest trick. It's like, we have a new trick. Let's show off. (laughs) And see a big male cockies who show off by going around opening. <laughs> You're listening to the Breakfast Show podcast on Faith FM, positively different. Fantastic stuff. Well, joining us on the phone this morning is Lily. Lily, welcome to the show. Hello. 
Thank you for having me. Uh, we are super excited to have you on the phone this morning. Now, for those of you who don't know, I first met Lily earlier in the year at LMT, Lay mm. Missionary Training, which is kind of like a rise, which is kind of like a intensive, uh, I guess, three, four month, whatever, mm. uh, Bible training mm-hmm. college, similar to what Lawson went to, similar to what I went to. I did mine, of course, in America with AFCO. Yeah, like uh, when the dinosaurs were around or yeah, something. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we, 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 we had dinosaurs for pets now. Uh, <laughs> that was back in, it was probably before you guys were born. I don't know, it was 2004. Oh, oh I'm, I'm 98. Okay, yeah. Right. Anyways. <laughs> All right, so anyway, this is what Lily was doing in the first half of the year. Lily, what are you doing yep. in the second half of the year? What are you doing now? Yeah, so they actually run this thing called Local Missions um, Volunteers. Mm. And so that's kind of um, an alternative for Arise for Life. And so that looks like going down to Newcastle area. Um, I'm um, from Moorlambar area. So I go down and um, I'm plugged into a church and I Bible work there for six months. That's amazing. So which church are you working with? I'm working um, at Hamilton Church at the moment with Justin Shurisla-Torosian. So you're really close to us. I mean, we're here uh, yeah. broadcasting out of Newcastle with The Breakfast Show. So, yeah, you're not far from where we are. And uh, so so that's, that's, that's pretty cool. And you're also working with Justin and Sharissa. So uh, for those of you who, ha- who have been watching or listening to The End.Digital, uh, Sharissa Tarosian has been co-hosting that show with myself. And mm. you can catch us there on The End.Digital this evening where we're going to mm-hmm. be back on together again. Uh, now, Lily, what's it like being a Bible worker? Actually, before I, before I ask you that question, let me ask this question. Um, when did you decide that you were going to spend some time being a Bible worker? Is this something that you've always aspired to, you know, over the last few years or ever since you were a kid, or is it something fairly new? No, I definitely think it was something that was, um, yeah, led to me throughout this year or just towards the um, end of the course, actually, I was um, praying. I, I didn't know what I wanted to do with my life. I, I was thinking, am I going to start uni? Am I going to um, work for my mom and her business? There was a lot of different options. But um, as I was praying, as I was just wanting to follow God's leading, I just felt the push to go and do Bible working just because um, if I dedicate this six months, I get the experience. It's something new. And um, I can definitely use um, my time um, for God and His mission. So I, I knew that that was something I wanted to do after um, local missions training. That's fantastic. Okay, so with the experience that you've been getting, uh, mm. what has been the experience you've been getting? What's it been like? Um, yeah, well, it's been amazing. It's really been, I mean, I haven't been here um, very long yet. It's only been about six weeks. Um, but in those six weeks, I've been plugged into the local church. Um, I've been able to go on a Pathfinder camp, um, being able to meet everyone, um, do Bible studies with mm. a few people. Um, I'm in a local organization run by the Hamilton Church called the Food Pantry, um, where they pretty much run a pantry for people that are in need or um, need it for a lower price, food for a lower price, which is, yeah, really cool. And um, I've also got a few assignments of my own that I'm working on, like they did at Arise for Life. And I'm also preaching a few times while I'm down here. Have you ever preached before? Um, a couple of times, yes. <laughs> but not in front of an actual church. Sure. Um, yeah, at a summer camp in my school. So you're just a young person. How, how, can I ask how old you are? 
Yes, of course. I'm only 18. Okay, so you're 18 years. So here she is. This is Lily. She's 18 years old. She's out there and she's just doing it, you know? Dude, it's the most epic gap year. Like, seriously, you spend the first yeah. half of the year, like, learning how to, you know, teach people the Bible and then you spend the second half of the year teaching the Bible. Yes. That's yeah. amazing. Indeed. It's awesome. It's, yeah, it's a blessing. How's it been coming yeah. down to Newcastle from Mwoolumba? I, 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 well, I know for us, we're kind of dreading the cold and miserable raininess. Was the weather better up there before you came? <laughs> yeah, it was a lot better. But look, just, you, have to, you have to go with it. Like, it's the mm. whole experience. And um, yeah, I'm enjoying Newcastle. It's a beautiful area. Well Amen. done. Well done. We agree. Hey, Lily, uh, do you have any stories that you can share with us, experiences that you've had since you've been doing Bible work and, you know, stories of what God has been able to do through you? Yeah, absolutely. I do have one in particular that stands out. Um, and, in fact, this was on my day off, but I wanted to make the most of my day off. So I went to Newcastle um, City and I went to King Edward Park for those of you who are locals um, mm. near the beautiful ocean. There's a beautiful park there, and I just thought, you know, I'm just going to go, going to walk up the side of the cliff and just enjoy the view. So I walk up there, and there's this um, fence with a lot of different plaques on it. Um, if you can imagine, it's, very, it's, it's close to a very, very steep cliff edge. And I notice that there's names and there's dates of when people have passed away, and my mind instantly thinks that people have jumped off this cliff and have sadly ended their life. And for me, it was kind of a reflective moment to just think how sad it is that people, so many people in this world don't have hope, you know, and they just ended in a, in a quick rush to just get it all over and done with. And it's very, very sad. And so as I was thinking, wondering, I was like, Lord, just, if there's an opportunity to give someone hope today, please give it to me. I need to share with someone what I know. Anyway, as I'm praying that prayer, a lady walks down the cliff edge and she asks me if I know where a specific spot is on the beach. And I said, listen, I'm not a local. I don't know any spots. I'm sorry, I can't help you. Um, and she's like, it's all right. And she walks over and notices the plaques as well. And she says, oh, my goodness, how sad is this? And she calls over to her partner and they're looking there as well. And I'm thinking in my mind, I need to say something. I need to say something. And so I said, yeah, it's so sad. Our people don't have hope these days, isn't it? And that was kind of, they nodded and they talked about, you know, what they've been through. And I also asked them, I said, hey, can I ask you a question? What do you think happens to people after they die? Mm. And they both just went, oh, we don't know. I don't know. That's a hard question. Like, I don't know. And the lady, she forgot, she said, I think there's an afterlife, but I'm not too sure what that looks like. And I said, oh, there you go. And so the the conversation, I and then they asked what I believed after our uh, I died and what happened? And I say, well, um, if the person loves Jesus and they want to spend eternity with him, he offers heaven um, as a home for eternity. Um, not after you die, but like if there is an afterlife, I just yeah, kind of put that out there. But I said, when we die, we go to sleep. Um, mm. Anyway, so I kind of explained that in better detail. And then they kind of went off on their way. And after that, I was speaking myself. I was very, very upset that I didn't talk about, <laughs> I didn't talk about in more detail about God. I was very upset that I didn't, and I know possibly a lot of people listening are probably like, well, you kind of said a lot, but at the same time, I thought that, you know, God would give me more, like, I took the opportunity, but I didn't 
use it to the best potential. And so I thought I need to give them a glow track. I need to give them a book. Why didn't I do that? By this time, they'd already walked away. And so I managed to get up to the top of the lookout at the cliff and I sat down there and I was very distraught (laughs) that I had um, not said as much as I wanted to Um, and like, I don't know, wasted the opportunity. Anyway, so I was praying and I said, Lord, if there's any chance, please give me another opportunity to speak specifically to this lady because she was the one that seemed the most um, interested or in need. And so as I was just sitting there, she walked past me again and she kind of walked over to her car and she waved to me as she left. And as she was getting back into her car, I felt the urge to just want to talk to her. And so as she was getting back in the car, I asked her, I I motioned with my hands for her to come back over to me. (laughs) And it was very cheeky of me to kind of do that. But I just knew that I needed to get one more say. And I just wanted to talk to her a little bit more. And I said, look, we were just like looking at like a a lot of people that have suicided and it's so tragic and it's so sad. And, you know, I wonder why so many people don't have hope. But I just wanted to share with you that there is hope. And um, I'm not too sure where you are, but um, Jesus is that hope. And a lot of people, like I, I have that hope and it's so sad to see so many people not. And so I kind of explained to her what I believed and she was really, really intently listening. And she asked, um, why is there so much evil in the world? And I got to explain the great controversy. Mm, mm. And then she was ex- she was explaining her past. And she said that she had um, a newborn baby. She had um, a, not a miscarriage, sorry. Her baby passed away at the age of 13 weeks or so. Oh, and yeah. so she, which is so sad. And so she was sharing with me and she said, I just don't, like sometimes I just don't know where to turn and I think there's a God, but I just don't know why there's so much evil going on. And I explained to her about, yeah, as I said, the great controversy and she was, yeah, she was really um, intently listening and she um, wanted to know more. And so um, I have her number now, which I got, which was a blessing and I gave her a book um, or a glow tract and, um, and just, yeah, I wanted to know, I wanted her to know that she was, um, loved by God, even though there was so much evil happening. Um, and yeah, it was an amazing experience just for me to kind of be like, you know what, I'm going to say it because when God gives me the opportunity, you know, nice. I have to take it to the best ability. And, um, yeah, so that's kind of the story. And, um, yeah, it's a powerful story, Lily. And I think the thing that jumps out to me from that story is the, the question that goes through my mind is how many, as Christians, how many opportunities do we miss every single day to be able to share Jesus with other people? Mm-hmm. You know, because this was, you know, how, how many times would a circumstance like that come up where, you know, we could say something, but we just don't. Yeah. And I find your story absolutely inspiring because, you know, here's Lily, she's 18 years old, she's down here, she's in Newcastle, and she just meets some random strangers and starts a conversation, and and it's not just a oh Jesus loves you kind of statement. This is an in depth conversation. That you've, had. you've gone into yeah. the great controversy. You've covered the state of the dead. That's <laughs> that's a full blown you know on the sidewalk Bible study right there, mm. uh, and just using the environment that you were in as an opportunity to raise questions and to talk to people. Mm. 
Mm. You know, maybe this is a uh, yeah. maybe this is the new witnessing location that we can all go to, <laughs> hang out, <laughs> hang out in Newcastle, and wait for people to um, come and read this, read the uh, the the the, 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 um, the, the plaques there, and then ask them yeah. about you know what hope do you have and mm. and uh, mm. do you realize the ma- amount of hope that we can have in in, in Jesus Christ also mm. love lulu that your story was preceded by prayer that you made an intentional yes. effort to say i want someone you know to find someone who i can be a blessing to and i think that's something that we all like you know god leads us to these situations uh when we ask him to be used by him that's mm. that's when he puts us there. So it's really, really fantastic that you were open to the Spirit's leading and it kind of unfolded into this beautiful situation where you were able to share God with a person in need. And I think mm. the other thing too that, that jumps out at me is that, you know, you prayed and the person came back again. Yeah. You know, that just sort of adds to the story yeah. right there. Lily, you've inspired yeah. us all this morning. Thank you so much for joining us here on Faith FM. I just want to state that, um, you know, we often talk about Bible workers and we typically think of young people that go out and do Bible work, but Bible work is actually for everyone. Mm. Uh, when I was teaching, yeah, when I was teaching Lily's class, there was an older gentleman there, would have been like in his 70s or something or other. Anyway, right now we're going to move on. Thanks for being a part of the Faith FM family. Join our community on Facebook or get in touch at 1-800-FAITH-FM.